on KXNO. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Number two, Miller and Condon, welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic coming up in about 20 minutes. We will get into the Hawks uh, from yesterday, some football stuff as well. Doc uh, put a pretty good piece out at The Athletic. Uh, pursuant to Ference's career and some of the numbers that go along with Iowa football, we will get into that. Uh, Dave Sproul going to join us right now, KASI, where Iowa State plays in Story County. Dave Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Um, doing really well, actually. Uh, came up with a brilliant idea for the next head coach of Iowa State. you got to tell me before you do that, because i got to turn off my mic. I'm laughing so hard. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. What do you mean? Look... It's easy to pick the favorites, right? I said it's an out-of-the-box candidate. I can't believe I'm getting killed. People said it's a bad tease. It was actually a really good tease. That's what a tease is. Now, the results maybe didn't deliver for you, but the tease itself was bang on. Uh, So, Dave, before we get into, uh, you know, obviously uh, Wednesday night against Oklahoma, just trying to think of who this could be and... I didn't throw. I didn't come up with this name to throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. I truly believe that uh, Ryan Saunders is going to make a very good head coach at the college level. Uh, coached in the NBA. I know it's not going to be an eye. But their fan base gets to decide. Uh, they're not. They're they're, they're a, a thumbs down on this. But it's easy to. Eh, give me Nico Medved or give me Dana Altman. I want Thad Mata. Dot dot dot. DeVries, bring back Hoiberg. Bring back DeVries. Bring back Hoiberg. How about a different name? And I read through twenty pages of the Cyclone Fanatic, and Ryan Saunders wasn't on it. And I thought maybe that this might be one that sh- should deserve some consideration. How about you? Yeah, that's going to be a no from me, uh-huh. dog. Uh, I, I Based on what? what I, I, Based I, on what? I just. I suspect Ryan Saunders is going to stay in the NBA. He'll probably latch on as an assistant next season somewhere. Uh, he, he'll probably get multiple offers on that front. He is a young, up-and-coming coach. I think, uh, per your discussion earlier, I think he got that Timberwolves job when he did at the age he did because of his dad. But he was on a trajectory towards being an NBA head coach down the line, and I think he's still on that trajectory somewhat. This is obviously a bump in the road losing that T-Wolves job, but I think he's going to get back on that track and will be back as the head coach of the NBA, of an NBA franchise eventually. I really don't see him moving down to the college ranks. You don't. He has don't zero you? experience. Yeah. yeah. But he played He played day. college basketball. Uh, yeah. Sure. Huh? Uh, as uh-huh. a yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so did uh, Eric Steyer. I don't see him as the uh, coach of the Cyclones. Or anymore. the Timberwolves, so, for that matter. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I just he strikes me as an NBA guy. I think he's gonna stay in the NBA. I could be wrong. Uh, if if uh, you turn out to be right, Kenny, I will bow down and call you the master because uh, that's real. You really did pull one out of left field there for sure. That was the goal, and you did it. Easy to pick the favorites. <laughs> Didn't go over well. Go ahead, Trent. Let's. Uh, it's complete. It's zero and eighteen. It's two and twenty-one. I was uh, looking at a rundown of all the conference tournaments and has the records for everybody and just. Seeing that number next to Iowa State's name, it was 
it was jarring, even though we've gone through this all. Bad teams in big leagues, they find ways to win games. This 0-18, how does this reverberate? And if there is a new coach, and we all anticipate that there will, is this going to be impactful? The the zero next to their name when the new coach is going out there trying to recruit and saying the negative recruiting, you're going to go to that place? They didn't win a conference game. Is that is that viable at all? Well, I think that's one of the reasons you get a new coach is because if you bring back the guy who led your team to 0-18 in the conference season, then you are very subjective to uh, uh, negative recruiting and a lot of that. Now, if a new coach comes along, and then you got a counter-argument to say, well, it's, it's a fresh start, and they're, they're, they're building something there. And if you look at Iowa State, even the recent history shows that they can contend for Big 12 championships mm-hmm. if the right coach is in place with the right personnel and uh, you know everything falls together. So uh, it, it, if FIFA miraculously keeps his job, then it's going to be uh, definitely a recruiting point for uh, other teams that are competing with talent with Iowa State for talent. Uh, but uh, you bring in a new coach so you can tell everybody, your fans and your recruits, this is a new start, and uh, we're, we're going to be moving on up. I couldn't agree with you more. So are you hearing that? And I know you don't get out as much, and nobody does during a pandemic or talk to people. <laughs> um, but is there is there a, a large percent, or what is the percentage of Cyclone fans that do think that Prome deserves another year? Very small. Is it? Good. Uh, yeah, I, I really get the sense that uh, even those who really like the Prome right. maybe think that he is still a good coach and can be a good coach in the future. Uh, would accept the fact the reality is that mm-hmm. the team went 0 for the Big 12 season. And the last, what is it, three, four years, uh, it's, what, five wins? 15 wins last three, four, I can't remember, three, two, three wins years. But it's I mean, unacceptable. It's, it's terrible. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely unacceptable. So even even if you have support, uh, 18 and 54 is the number I'm looking for in mm-hmm. the Big 12 the last four seasons for Iowa State. Even if you are a prone defender, you got to look at that reality and understand that you're in the very tiny minority of people who would, who would want to keep him around, and you can't sustain that. You, you can't keep up your attendance at the games. You can't keep up your donations from the boosters. You can't keep up the interest. You know to have a thriving program if that's the situation with your coach now. So it's just it, whether you you know want to try to make the argument that Steve Prove deserves to stay fine, but you got to accept the reality that it's just not feasible. No Rasir Bolton again in the game against Kansas State over the weekend. What are the chances we see him against Oklahoma in the first game at the Big 12 tournament? I think they're good. We'll see him at least a, a little bit, maybe not starting. We'll find out more. Coach Brom is meeting with the media today at 1 o'clock mm-hmm. uh, before heading down to the Big 12 tournament. I think they're going to leave tomorrow. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll find out hopefully a little bit more about Bolton's status. And that was one of the, you know, expressed uh, reasons for keeping him out of the lineup uh, against Kansas State altogether is to get him healthy for that Big 12 tournament, maybe make some kind of push or salvage just the one win uh, against Big 12 opposition this season. But, you know, the, the, the notion of keeping him out, maybe if it was a Big 12 tournament game and his health status was the same or if it was an NCAA tournament game, uh, maybe he plays because those games have a little, you know, obviously higher uh, level of importance. Uh, and so I, my gut feeling is, yeah, we'll see him play and maybe see him off the bench, maybe see him start, we'll see. But 
I got to imagine that he'll at least try to get some run out there down in Kansas City. Well, and you know the tournament, the way the bracket unfolded, I thought it was uh, it, it worked out vel- very well for Iowa State. I think you've got a better chance to beat Oklahoma. Look, they're going to be an underdog, whoever it was going to be. But uh, Texas Tech that has not gone well. Both of those games, and you know how long was Oklahoma here? Two weeks ago? It hasn't been long. No. They played them very well. I mean, uh, with the exception, they got blown out of the building in the first half. Came roaring back. Actually took the lead, Dave. Um, Manic did not play well in that game. I don't know if that was a product of just Iowa State having a, a plan for him and they, and they were able to hold him down. Reeves is going to get his. Um, but I, I think that if you could sign for your opponent, I think Oklahoma, you'd much rather have them than Texas Tech, wouldn't you? Yeah, you certainly would if you're in Iowa State's shoes because you feel just feel better about the way you competed with Oklahoma versus the way you competed with Texas Tech and getting blown out in both meetings with the Red Raiders. And I would say the first time they played Oklahoma down in Norman had one of their best shooting games uh, from three-point range. I think they hit, uh, I want to say 19 three-pointers. They hit a lot of three-pointers wow. in that game. Anyways, season high. And uh, then, yeah, they had that great stretch against Oklahoma in the second half when they met at Hilton Coliseum. If, it's a, if that's the kind of ball that you can sustain for 20 minutes, you'll have a great chance to win. Uh, that's certainly not been the case for Iowa State this season where they haven't been able to sustain that for more than 10, 12 minutes maybe at most, and that's what they did against Oklahoma. They really made a strong run at them, uh, but uh, just couldn't sustain that to the to the end of the game. So if you're talking about some confidence relative to what you've seen, obviously you've lost everybody twice, but you were more competitive with Oklahoma than you were certainly with Texas Tech. So uh, you'd think that Iowa State would feel better about themselves in that matchup than they would in, in most other cases. Uh, his, apparently, Jamie Pollard hasn't been around. I think I saw that from, from Travis Hines, whether at, at, or in his normal seats at games. He hasn't said a word uh, about his plans for his basketball coach. This can't be, this can't be, if you're Steve Prohm, you can't look at like this and say, oh, this is going well. Uh, I, I would have to think the fact that the AD's not there, that the AD's not saying anything, that that almost seems like it's a foregone conclusion. The writing's on the wall. Have you seen Pollard around Hilton at all lately? No, I haven't. And I suspect it, it might also have something to do, or at least this might give him cover, that his duties as part of the NCAA men's basketball. Uh, fair. Yeah, selection. You know, they're they're going to conclave in Indianapolis, if not already uh, soon this week. He won't be at the Big Twelve tournament either because he'll have to be with the selection committee, right. watching games together in Indianapolis as part of their routine. And I I I kind of wonder if maybe some folks aren't there already in Indianapolis, kind of quarantining there or just quarantining at home and making sure that they're extra careful about not mingling with the general public and taking a risk of contracting something and then bringing that to Indianapolis with you. So this, I, I don't have any inside information on that. I think it just logically makes sense yep. that maybe at least part of the reason Pollard has stayed away from Hilton Coliseum is just to make sure that he is healthy and he doesn't spread anything when he goes into the conclave with the, the selection committee. Well, state basketball tournament underway, Class 1A today. We'll get going with our coverage on Wednesday morning with Dowling against Johnston. And Dave, you'll have a game with the Little Cyclones of Ames in the 3-6 matchup. Be honest, seeing everybody uh, in the Central Iowa area, the CIML, but I haven't seen the Little Cyclones. What can you tell us about them? And if they win and Waukee wins, could be a pretty good semifinal there between those two squads. Yeah, I, I'm selfishly hoping that uh, both Ames and Waukee win because I think that would be a tremendous matchup. A lot of talent on, on both sides, and 
Uh, With AMG, you know, it starts with Taman Lipsy. Obviously, he's a a high-level player, one of the best point guards, certainly in the state, maybe even in the country in his uh, junior uh, class. And uh, a guy, you know, he hasn't uh, garnered the the high major uh, offers that I thought might roll in this season, showing that he is healthy coming off the ACL tear that kept him out all of last season. Uh, but I, I think it'll be a matter of time, maybe once he gets back on the AAU circuit and more coaches could actually get out and visit prospects in person as we go along here. I think they'll, maybe those offers will start to roll in a little bit more. Uh, and he's a really, really talented player. They have uh, Casey Mum also in the backcourt. One of the, I think he's second leading in steals in Class 4A this season. So he's a really important piece to their defense, which has been excellent this season. Yeah, Corey Phillips, the big man out front. And he's shown lately an ability to uh, step outside and hit some threes, which is huge for a guy who's like 6'6 and, and normally lives in the post. And Travion LeBeau has been a real X factor for him. He, he transferred down from Waterloo, joined the team at midseason when he became eligible, and really added a you know, 6'4", 6'5", not a prototypical center uh, forward type, but he can play down low a little bit just using that athletic ability, his leaping ability to create some advantages. And he was the leading scorer for Ames in their sub-state uh, final win against Ankeny Centennial and, you know, showed the range of his game. And uh, he's, he really has taken that team to another level just with his uh, overall skill. So I think it's going to be fun. It, it should be a great uh, matchup uh, in the first round with, with Abraham Lincoln out of Council Bluffs and well, as well as if they face Joaquin, man, that, I think they can blow the lid off that joint with the talent that will be on the floor between those two teams. Uh, if Baylor doesn't win the Big 12 tournament, who will? I might go with Kansas. West Virginia is obviously going to have a great chance, but I think mm-hmm. Kansas is playing really well right now at the right time of year. They don't have that high-level, you know, uh, surefire uh, lottery pick type talent on their team, but they've they've really come together as a squad now recently. I know that they caught Baylor at the right time to get that win at, at the fog there against the Bears, but uh, they'll definitely have whatever home court advantage is available in Kansas City this year. That'll be on uh, the Jayhawks side and could be a big uh, advantage for them if they do face Baylor down in the finals. So I, I, I'd take Kansas as my second choice behind Baylor in that Big 12 race. And Kansas is on the uh, on the bottom of the bracket, right? So they wouldn't see Baylor until the final, like you mentioned, correct? I think so. Yep, yeah. yep exactly. Yep. That's a good pick, uh, Dave Sproul. Good stuff. Thank you, Dave. We will uh, talk to you down the road. Appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. All right, good to talk to you, Dave Sproul, KSI, fourteen thirty on the AM dial, fourteen thirty on the AM dial. That's where Iowa State plays in Story County. Play for the final time on Wednesday, or they got one more in them. It's over. Yeah, I think so too. But don't you think it did work out? For, I mean, wouldn't you rather see Oklahoma oh, as opposed yeah. to Texas Tech? We've seen what happens oh, when they ugly. play Texas Tech. It's ugly. Yeah, you're right. That Oklahoma game that came roaring back mm-hmm. in the second half. Uh, Crazier things have happened, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is it a 10-point game? Yeah. If I get 10, I'm happy with that. wonder what you will get. What does Ken Palm say it's going to be? Let me pull that Scott up. Dockerman, by the way, from The Athletic coming up on Iowa. They got it at 12, Ken Palm does. I would grab those 12. Against Oklahoma, I think I would too. I think I would too. Important over the weekend to get the right price. If you got it early with Iowa State and you only got three and a half or four, you're in trouble. If you got it at five, against K State, yes. If you got it at five, then you're in good shape, at least getting a push. And I saw five and a half that poked up somewhere. I can't yeah. remember, not my site, but yeah, five and a half. You got that one. He had a winner. That was tough to watch. Yeah, it was tough to watch. Uh, we'll come back. It's eleven twenty. Scott Dockerman on the Hawks. Miller and Condon till noon. Fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred six KXNO.
Trek Hadden here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always have a home with us. A business name is important? Sure. For one, it's how we connect with you, find you, and do business with you. But what's behind the name matters more. Roshan Corporation of Iowa is now Graphite Construction Group. We're building offices, retail centers, tenant improvements, schools, and more. But the most important thing we build? Our relationship with you. Let's get started on your construction project. Visit us at graphitegrp.com. One in four families are impacted by pregnancy and infancy loss. That's why Amanda the Panda, a program of Every Step Grief and Loss Services, provides the Little Footprint Support Group. This virtual group offers a safe space to share and connect with others touched by miscarriage, stillbirth, and infant loss. Little Footprints welcomes anyone who has been impacted by prenatal and infant loss. To learn about our upcoming support group, which begins on April the 19th, visit everystep.org slash loss. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial as we take you up until noon. Uh, let's get our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic in here. Uh, one of his late, most recent pieces was uh, Kirk, uh, Kirk Ferentz Milestones, 101 Numbers to Know About Iowa Football. Uh, Scott joins us. He was at Carver yesterday watching the Hawks take care of Wisconsin. Uh, Doc, uh, good to speak with you as always. We appreciate you coming on. Were you surprised uh, that uh, the guard um, went off the way he did on the officiating after the game yesterday, was he planting a seed for what seemingly now is a likely rematch against Wisconsin and with, with, with Wisconsin and Iowa? Uh, I think Brad Davison is indefensible the way he plays the game. He's a dirty player. Um, but yet guard came to his defense in a big, big way. Did that surprise you? No, it didn't. I mean, most coaches do that. And in his case, it's understandable. It doesn't, it's kind of reminiscent to me of, a friend with Adam Woodbury about four or five, whatever, six years ago. I'm getting my years kind of confused here, but you know that players or coaches are going to defend their players, and uh, and uh, Brad Davison, kind of like Adam Woodbury, uh, continuously gets into got into a little bit of trouble. Now, Adams, I think, were purely accidental. He was uncoordinated. Brad Davison's are, yeah, and uh, you know he's he's seven foot one and he's sticking his hand out and right. hit somebody in the eye. I think with Brad Davison, 
um, you know, he plays, he borders on the rules and, mm-hmm. and he has a reputation. And then as we know, the more you get a reputation and something like that, you know, Fran McCaffrey has the same issues dealing with officials and where he, sometimes he gets a quick whistle. Um, I think that's the case here with Brad Davison. And, and so I'm not surprised he went off the way he did. Um, I expected it in some ways. And I think in other ways, he's probably trying to motivate his team. I mean, this is probably the most disappointing team in the Big Ten. They've lost a lot of close games, including recently. Um, This is a way for him to show he has his players back. To Iowa and the injury to Wieskamp. Uh, Saw that Jordan Bohannon had his podcast that he puts out a couple times a week and said in it last night he anticipates Wieskamp can go. Initially, you saw the injury, you saw that turn. You just don't know with ankles, but at least on the forefront without having any actual information, looks like Wieskamp at least okay. Do you anticipate he's going to play Friday knowing that's kind of guesswork at this point? Yeah, that's 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 un, really undetermined. I mean, yesterday when he came off the court and his face was just in excruciating pain, and I, I kind of wondered, I'm like, oh, my gosh, is this a break? Yeah. Is this something more significant, a high ankle sprain, you know, something like that? Uh, so the fact that he could be, or at least his teammates think that he's capable of playing, you know, in the future, I think is a good sign. If I'm Iowa, I don't play him Friday. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is I think now that Iowa's, again, number five overall, I think if, you know, no matter what happens Friday, I think they've got a really good chance of still being a number two seed. And and let's face it, as important as the Big Ten tournament is, it's nothing compared to the next week and the week after that. So make sure he's 100% because this team is built to get, you know, three weekends deep in, in the NCAA tournament. That's their goal. That's mm-hmm. what you need to do. So no need to go out there and have him play halfway and then re-injure it, roll it. Those things happen a lot with ankles. So um, that's my own view, but you know what? I'm not a competitor. They're, he's a competitor, and athletes heal faster. So if he feels like he can go and they won't hurt the team or himself, then by all means, go out there and, and throw it down again. Mm-hmm. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is our guest. Doc, uh, do you feel, uh, as I do, that you know, even if even with a long run, I, I think the one seeds are set. I, I do. I think Illinois and Michigan are going to get the, uh, the ones out of the Big Ten. And, of course, Baylor and Gonzaga. So I don't even know if Iowa wins in Indianapolis this week if they're going uh, to move off the two-line. And I agree with you. Even if they get beat on Friday night, I don't think they fall below the two-line. It seems to me like their place is almost set, Doc, because I don't think the ones are going to change. I think Iowa does have slightly upward mobility, but I think it has to win the tournament to get there. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Illinois may have solidified itself as a one um, this last week, you know, beating Michigan the way it did, beating Ohio State. And, um, you know, now let's say Iowa beats Illinois and Michigan to be the number one seed. You know, based on the way the, the Wolverines have played lately, you know, losing to Illinois as decisively as it did and then uh, Michigan State the other day, and then that would put them at a loss to Iowa. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me at all if you'd see that tweak a little okay. bit and go the other way, where maybe Iowa's a, a one and Michigan's a two. Now, I'm not going to predict that. I mean, it, it is complicated, and and we'll, who knows what the committee will do, especially at that late stage. They may just leave things alone. But that said, I, I do think if, you know, Iowa's won seven out of its last eight, um, 
So uh, then you have, uh, you know, if they win three more in the NCAA tournament, I think they're, uh, you know, they've got a really strong argument to make to be a number one. Iowa has retired number 55. Luca Garza will be the last to wear number 55 with the Hawkeyes. The ceremony and just, I think a lot of our takeaway was, would have been a lot better with 15,000 people inside of Carver. Oh, no question. I mean, that's been the worst part of this whole year. Is I mean, Iowa's having is an extraordinary year for all sports. I mean, you know, and football was that way towards the end of the year. Certainly Caitlin Clark, wrestling would have been great. But even more so than all of them, I think, with basketball, because everybody knew this was going to be a special season, and they pretty much hit that mark um, with their surge late. And to have Luca Garza um, on the floor and and have that memory and that uh, honor, I mean, yeah, 15,000 people would have stood up and applauded and given them a long cheer and, and it's it's unfortunate it can't happen but sometimes you want to at least put it out there now you know maybe in another year um next year year after that something like that then you could kind of bring him back and and make it a big deal again i mean there's just no way to do that in this during this pandemic but um that said it was still a very emotional moment for him and i think for the people around him i you know it's, it's certainly a, an honor that uh, you know, none of us will ever forget because of uh, what he's meant to this program, both in terms of statistics and in intangible gifts that he's given to Iowa. I think it uh, it actually caught him off guard at the end, did it not, Doc? It, it appeared that like that to me. I mean, they did the pregame stuff. Uh, was he? I mean, I don't think he was expecting. Uh, Gary Barta on the floor after the game. In fact, I thought he was walking off the floor watching the broadcast and actually had to be called back. Uh, maybe you know. Maybe it seemed like he was out his way to the locker room before he got to, uh, he got called to. Hey, Luca, we need you. Yeah, that's what happened. I mean, he was. You know, they kind of celebrated uh, the victory. And uh, what, what's interesting is there was no handshake line, and I'm not sure either team wanted to shake each other's hands to begin with. They hate each other, but but he was out on the floor. Then he started to kind of walk off, and Fran McCaffrey had to intercept him and say. Um, stay here. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, they they made it a public announcement that there would be an announcement, and then Gary Barta grabbed it, and then um, the microphone, and, and then uh, within a couple of minutes, it was, he was notified. Uh, you know, Fran had let him know uh, just so he'd be prepared because he'd have to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, then Gary Barta made the announcement, and, um, you know, he was very much uh, overwhelmed emotionally. I mean, it really touched him, you could tell. Which was great to see. And you can see what University of Iowa meant to him and what Fran McCaffrey means. You know, it is interesting is we look at Fran, you look at the demeanor, and ultimately he's going to be judged, I think, about what happens here in the NCAA tournament. If this team doesn't at least get to the second weekend, the detractors are going to come out of the woodwork again. But you look at his 11 years. You look at the guys that haven't been many that have left, but you don't hear negative things about Fran McCaffrey for this fiery guy from Philadelphia that's on the officials and it's got the red face. He's a really well-liked guy with guys that play for him, yet it still doesn't feel like the fan base has completely embraced him. Yeah, that that is kind of a, a juxtaposition at some point here, and that is, um, you know, I think fans wanted to. I think they were ready to, and I think they still will if they can reach that next level. I mean, as you mentioned, it is 11 years. And 
the the players he's brought in great players um they they've performed well um but they you know this is the first time that they've even had a double bye in the Big 10 tournament which means they haven't even officially reached the top 4 until this year um they haven't reached the second weekend of the NCAA tournament they've barely been ranked a couple of times at the end of the year so you know Iowa fans expect to be at a higher level than that than just uh hey we made the tournament we won a game hip hip hooray i mean they fired the most winning or they let the winningest coach in Iowa history go because he didn't do that often enough so hmm. i think that's fair now um if if something were to happen outside of his control in the say the second game of the NCAA tournament you know and i don't even want to jinx it so something bad happens and they can't advance I'm not putting that on him. I mean, but, you know, the, the aggregate does suggest that Iowa just hasn't got to that level. And, and so I think that's where things kind of lie. You get to the Final Four, and everybody's going to love him mm-hmm. to death. But, you, you know, you only get to the round of 32. I mean, they don't have reunions for that. So yeah. let's, uh, it, it's really about what comes next. And that kind of goes all the way back to the Wieskamp situation, you know. It's. What happens in the NCAA tournament is the most important thing to this program, to Fran McCaffrey's legacy, and to Iowa basketball as a whole. Well, since, since we're talking Fran McCaffrey and legacy, Doc, it's, it seems like that Mike Bray is not going to survive at Notre Dame. Is that the one job that Fran McCaffrey might listen to as far as... I mean, Bray's been there 20 years at least, right? He's been there for a long, long time, and it has not gone well of late. It seems to me that the Notre Dame job might be the only one that interests Fran McCaffrey. Could be dead wrong that maybe he's not interested in going anywhere. Maybe he's got a handful of jobs he'd listen to. But do you think there might be something to that that we might... Yeah, I mean, speculating that uh, when when the when the uh, when the Fighting Irish job does come open, that McCaffrey's one of those names that instantly gets floated out there for it. <laughs> that's that that's makes for you know really great speculation and but I think there are a lot of factors that enter that I mean the fact that he has two sons that are on the team would they be willing to just shed their Iowa ties and and go with them to Notre Dame where they stay which would be even more awful um, you know that that really is uh, is a tough decision for him and and for them as a family I mean. You know, so Fran, he's been here 11 years, and he has his roots in, in, you know, in South Bend, and so did his wife. I mean, she was a tremendous player there for the Fighting Irish. But would, you know, Patrick McCaffrey, who, you know, essentially grew up here, same thing with Connor, same thing with the younger ones, would they say, yeah, let's just move there? I mean, you know, if they're pretty much against it, you know, then that's uh, that's something that he's going to have to think about. And, you know, I I think there are other factors as well, but, man, that's – well, that's something to definitely talk about for sure until it all take happens. Now, if he goes to the Final Four here, I mean, does that give him more leverage with Iowa? Does that give him more leverage to want to leave? Or if he goes the, only in the round of 32, is that a good way to exit, you know, <laughs> you know, get out before the posse? You know, that's a lot of speculation there. Go for it, man. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah, look, it's, it's cart way before the horse, but mm-hmm. that just seems like if, if there is one job that would interest him, uh, that would be it. I'm in the coach replacement and hire business today, Doc. It's been a long show. Oh, boy, it has. Not a good show. I didn't say that. It's been a long show. Long show. Lots of ideas. And Doc, uh, with that, I want to get your thoughts. NCAA wrestling. I know you enjoy watching wrestling. You don't get to do it maybe as much as you did when you were on the newspaper side of things. But 
when you look at what happened to Northern Iowa down at the MVC tournament, and it sounds like more than anything, the Missouri Valley Conference maybe wasn't as buttoned up as they should be. The NCAA Wrestling Championships, though, less than two weeks away in St. Louis. If the city of St. Louis is not going to relent on their contract tracing, and it sounds like that's where the issue came from, it feels like on the surface there could be a lot of guys that their tournaments are just going to be over because of that. As the NCAA A, you think, buttoned this up and made sure that everything's okay? And secondly, could you move a national championship this close to the time that it's supposed to be pulled off? Could you move it to here in Des Moines if you have the availability? Is that something that is even plausible in your mind? Well, that's a great question. I mean, because you're talking about the logistics part Mm -hmm. of it, you know, hotel rooms and, and, you know, that type of thing. And can you just move a a massive tournament with that many participants and and coaches and exterior staff in that short period of time? That's that's a great question and one I'm not really prepared to answer. I I do think that, um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of level of negotiation going on in the NCAA you know, for as big of a bureaucracy as it is, and it's as massive as anything short of the federal government, um, they are uh, they are a little bit better when it comes to dealing with this issue than um, the Valley certainly was on yep. Friday night. I do think uh, things will be figured out, and yep. and whether or not it's it's contract t- tracing or what it. I, I don't anticipate many issues, but you know, if, uh, let's say the Iowa contingent gets wiped out mm. because of this, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm. then I think we'll uh, have hell to pay because, uh, but I, I just, I, I don't think there'll be very many problems with that. Doc, I would love to know if that box was checked prior to Friday and them realizing that, oops, there's something that slipped through the crack. I'll guarantee, well, I shouldn't, can't guarantee, but I'd be From surprised. From the NCAA yes, side. Yes. Yeah. I would be surprised if they had uh, done their homework on that. Caught Doug Elgin completely off guard, and uh, at the end of his career, uh, that's not a, that's not a good look for him. Seemed like he checked out already. But, um, anyways, we we move on. Doc, great stuff. Appreciate it. What have you got coming up at the athletic uh, that you'd like to tease, if anything? Yeah, I wrote about uh, Luca Garza's uh, you know ceremony yesterday, uh, and I also wrote uh, 101 numbers to know about the Iowa football team and, you know, kind of after 2020 and going into, you know, before spring practice starts in three weeks. And I wrote that yesterday. It, it, I mean, it took me forever to get to some of those uh, numbers. And and then later this week, I've got a, a feature on uh, Mike Myslinski, the, the new center coming to the the um the Hawkeyes from Jacksonville, Florida. Good stuff, Scott Dockerman. We appreciate it. We'll have brackets in front of us when we speak with you next week. Thank you, Doc. Have a good one, guys. You do the same, Scott Dockerman of the Athletic 101 numbers of pursuant to Iowa football. That had to be a very daunting task to come up with all those. There's nobody I'd rather have making that kind of column than Scott Dockerman. Well, anybody, but it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, no, Doc did a good job on it. Absolutely. We'll come back. Was Potter the best player on the floor yesterday? I thought he was. No, Joe Wieskamp was. Well, yeah, okay. At the time. Yeah, fair. I'm not even sure Potter was on the floor at the same time Wieskamp. They didn't, not very many minutes. But Potter was really, Oh, and that's the thing. Is he going to hit five three-pointers on Friday night? It's asking a lot. It's asking a lot. Yeah, asking a lot. We'll- See, you're in the camp of don't play Wieskamp. If that ankle is even iffy. Uh, I don't know if there's a one available. I just think they're locked at the two. I think I- they are two. But they haven't got to the semifinals mm-hmm. since 2006. They haven't mm-hmm. played on Saturday I of the Big it. Ten tournament. Yeah, And that's one of the knocks against Fran.
Mm-hmm. Can you beat Wisconsin without him? Yeah, we saw it yesterday. Right. Now he had a 10-point cushion without Williams camp. Oh, he was terrific, wasn't he? Jesus. He was so good and so locked in. But yeah, you can still beat that team. Can you beat Illinois without Wieskamp? Uh, I think you can. Illinois is playing at a different level, Trent. Going into Columbus and, and, and Ohio State was reeling. They needed that one. Was it Saturday? And like they had one? that until yeah. the final couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the best that closer. man. The best closer in college basketball. Again, Desumu gets it done. Indeed. Uh, 11.45. We're not quite done. It's 1460 KXO and 106. Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. Well, I did it. I had my vasectomy procedure with the Urology Center of Iowa. It was quick, efficient, and I was in and out in less than a half hour. The big bracket for college hoops is coming out soon. If you want an excuse to chill on the couch while watching wall-to-wall basketball, then it's time to make the call to the Urology Center of Iowa to schedule your vasectomy. Call 515-400-3550 or online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it. Call today. For all of your and your family's eye care needs, make it Elite Eye Care. Dr. Ethan Heisman, Dr. Heidi Bell, and Dr. Kelsey Sawatsky provide expert eye care close to home. From eye exams to contact lenses, eyeglasses to sunglasses, make Elite Eye Care your local optometrist. Set up your next eye care appointment with Elite Eye Care, 9250 University Avenue in West Des Moines, and online at iDrDesMoines.com. off. It's that time of year again. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Check this out. Bet $4 on an underdog. Win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Bet $4 on an underdog and select college basketball games. If they win, boom, bang, you collect $256. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than putting your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO. That's to turn $4 into $256. $56 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code KXNO to turn $4 into $256. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call it. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you for another five minutes. We're Fernandy. Slide in here at 1 o'clock. Of course, the Fanatics from 3 until 6. It's tournament week. Do the mm-hmm. Iowa State coaches have a show tonight, you know? I believe... Mm. They didn't used to. I'm not saying that they don't. I don't think that when I did afternoons, when we got to this point, that they were on at 6.30. Well, regardless... Um, We'll find out. We then. will. All right. So uh, tonight, it's there's not a lot going on, right? There's oh, good, there's a ton going. Well, on. Gonzaga plays. They do. What else do you like? Well, what about the Sun Belt Championship? That do anything? Appalachian State against Georgia State. Yeah, football. Okay. Um, how about Mercer against UNC Greensboro? One of Fran's old stops. Uh-huh. Mercer beat Duke in the NCAA tournament. So here. these are tickets being punched tonight. They are. All right. Both those games are at six, though. 
That's too bad. Yeah, I would have liked, of course, one at six, one at eight. Mm-hmm. Um, got some Horizon League going on, some Summit League, so some regional type teams that'll be involved there. Usually the South Dakota or Dakota schools have some Iowa kids, so that's kind of fun to see them pop up from time to time. They'll play their championship tomorrow. But you're right. I mean, Gonzaga, okay. It's hard to get overly excited about one team. But I do got a pick for tonight. Okay, fillet it on us. It is that Southern uh, SoCon championship game. Mercer, uh-huh. UNC Greensboro. Third time these teams have met. Greensboro has beat them twice. They were both in Greensboro. Mercer, about no. This is going to be a clubbing. Is it? Isaiah Miller is the point guard for UNC Greensboro. He's really, really good. That That's probably a guy, if you're looking for, you know, I really like this 14 seed. If Greensboro does get it done, that's one to keep an eye on. So if you were, if you were picking between the two games tonight to watch, at least on the surface and maybe doing some work for your bracket next week, I would say keep an eye on this Greensboro team. I think they're pretty talented, and I really like the Miller kid. And it's not just because of his last name. Uh, and if they get in, they'll be what kind of seed, do you think? 14, 15? Yeah, maybe even a 13. Really? Well, no, okay. probably a 14, I think, is kind of the area that you're looking at there. Mm. So there's my pick for tonight. Finally gave out a loser, though, on Friday's show. Yeah, I saw that. You went against Liberty, right? I did, yeah. Uh, so back back to my, my theory. No, not that one. Um, not Ryan Saunders? No, not that one. The uh, The one seeds. Michigan, I'm starting to think maybe there might be some, Michigan might be in a kind of a tough, like I still think that the one seeds are set, but mm-hmm. if there is one to fall, Michigan, Sparty took it to them from start to finish yesterday. Yeah. And they've had a couple of, uh, blow, uh, not blowouts, the Illinois game was, was not, I mean, Illinois is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Illinois is a one regardless of what happens, I do. Michigan might be the team that's closest to the two line. And might be in the most difficulty should they fall early in the tournament. Now they will get who the winner, of Michigan State, Maryland. Well, they yeah. could see Sparty again, again, or Maryland, who though they lost to Penn State. But over Maryland's the weekend, been playing better. They have, but either of those losses wouldn't be an awful loss. Like we were talking about earlier, if Iowa, Nebraska got on a run, you lose to them, that puts a sting and maybe the two seed. A loss to Maryland or M- Michigan State isn't a killer for Michigan. At least I wouldn't think. If it was against a bottom feeder, mm-hmm. perhaps. Still, I saw this over the weekend, and I completely agree, and somebody was being more flippant than anything. If you're Illinois, do you hang a banner for this championship season? Michigan didn't play the full complement of games. You won more yeah, conference he- games. And the head-to-head went to your... And you have the head-to-head. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be hanging a banner. And if this was Iowa in the same but, spot but as is Illinois... the conference going to send it to you? You've got to make your own. I'll make my own. Because, A... I think we both agree it's BS that Michigan didn't have to play 20 yeah. games. Nebraska did what it took mm-hmm. to get to 20. Everybody else in the they, conference. They punished Nebraska. And Michigan played by a different set of rules. Mm-hmm. I think it's a terrible precedent, just like football was with Ohio State. And they're staggering to the end of the season. Too, and now you're games. doing this, and you're seeing them limping hope. Mm-hmm. Because there's a reason. A 20-game marathon, it's difficult to do in any conference, especially a power conference. And this year, arguably the best conference in America. And you only play 17. Yeah. Everybody else plays 20? Something wrong with no, that. No, I, I don't disagree with that. Look, I mean, this time last week, we were rooting for Iowa to stay on the bottom of the bracket to avoid Michigan. Yeah. I, now, I'm not so sure anymore, right? That 4-5 wasn't looking quite as bad. That, that's you'd, true. I'd you'd play Ohio State, who mm-hmm. is staggering themselves, mm-hmm. and then possibly Michigan. If not, Maryland or Michigan State. Iowa's played really well against both yep. those teams this yep. year to get to the championship game, and then you'd get your shot against the Can we just get to Iowa-Illinois, though? Please, well, please, one that, more time. That would be Saturday. What time? That's a late game. Late game, yeah. What, 3 o'clock, whatever it is. Bang. Yes, please. Oh, Boy, this is almost good, isn't he? Iowa is so freaking good. 
So much fun to watch this kid play. Such a finisher, as you call him, and he's, he's as good as there is uh, in the game. All right, that is going to do it for today. Zubin Mahente will join us tomorrow at 1125. I'm sure we'll do some Hawks and a little more Iowa State as they get said. When does Prome get the news? When does Pollard let the Cyclone fan base know what's going on? The night after the game? Is it that quickly? Maybe. I thought maybe it might happen yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, you get to coach the tournament and they go down to, you know, win one for the Promester. I don't know. But he's got a five thousand dollar soft land, a five thousand five million dollar soft landing. It's a little softer than five thousand. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, we are out of time. Thank you for being with us here today. Murph and Andy had won. The Fanatics at three. Morning rush tomorrow morning at six a.m. We're Miller and Condon, ten to noon on fourteen sixty KX and one hundred six point three FM.